do you want to talk about how you trust again after being in a narcissistic relationship? Yeah, for sure. For do you want, sure. do you want to just tell me now how you do that yep. in, in less than 30 seconds? <laughs> in less than 30, yeah, I can do that. I'm going to put a timer on and you're going to answer how you, how you trust again after leaving a narcissistic relationship. You ready? Yeah, 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 sure. And like, it's got to be valuable information. Yeah, that would, <laughs> so you're now adding. <laughs> You're stacking on me. <laughs> you just said answer it. Now you want it valuable. Jeez. All right. You ready? Three, two, one, go. Okay. In order to trust again after being in a narcissistic relationship, first you have to rebuild your self-worth. Then what you need to do is start setting some tasks for yourself so you start trusting yourself again. You need to understand how to set expectations and boundaries. This will build self-respect which will go self-worth, which will give yourself love, and bingo, bango, 30 seconds, have some of that. <laughs> oh, and 30. Okay, that was awesome. Should have said a 15-seconder, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're always up in the ante, 15 seconds. Could I do it in 15 seconds? Well, would only, time would tell. So you need to learn how to trust yourself again. Yes. What do you need to do that? Well, you need to, to trust yourself again. There's a combination of things. One, you have to actually know who you are. If you don't know who you are, what are you trusting? Because it's you that you need to trust. So if you don't know who you are, that's, that, that's a really big problem. So we have to understand who you are. We need to understand what makes you you. Are those two different? They are different. So who you are and what made you who you are are different things. Who you are is the end result. What made you who you are is part of the journey. All right. So, so all these events, good and bad, that you've traveled through your life has made you the person that you are today. Right? But it's about recognizing that. Now, typically, it's about then shifting perspective, not seeing it from the first, but the second and third perspective to understand that viewpoint. So what we're looking at then is it's very easy to see that something awesome happened and we see the end result. When something traumatic happens, we don't see the end result. We focus on the trauma. Right, But behind the trauma and through the trauma, and every day between the event and now, you've evolved as a human, but you're not recognizing it. So it's about going back, having a look at a reflection piece, understanding what it was, and looking at what makes you you. This enables you to trust yourself. Right. See, if I said to you, <clears throat> you know, Rob, you have amazing resilience, full stop. Okay, I've said something to you. It's probably a, a character trait that you go, I kind of know what it means, but I I really don't know the depth of it. Um, and I'm resilient. Okay. Cool. Where'd it come from? A lot of things. A lot of things. Right. But you need to you need to associate it. Right. Where if I say um, you were sexually abused and as a consequence of the sexual abuse, you've become resilient. Now, all of a sudden, you know where it came from. But then we go... Okay, but what made you resilient? And we start looking at the things that created resilience through that pro through that recovery, through that survival process. Mm. You now know where it came from. So when you need to apply resilience in the future, you can rely on when it came from. So if I said to you in your field, I need to do a video. I am going out and we're going to do it. There's going to be water, sand, and sun. Right? Now if you'd never, ever done any videography on the beach, you'd be going, crap, not really. You'd feel a bit uncertain. Where if you had done that and you'd done a lot of that, 
you would then go, okay, well, I need this lens, I need this camera, I need this lighting, I need this setup, and I know the variables, right? Same with what we're doing here. When you know where your resilience came from, when you know where your compassion came from, when you know where your strength came from, moving forward, you can then rely on it. It becomes trustworthy. And what makes you you? What resides at the center core of your consciousness? You've heard me say it a thousand times. It's your character. Resilience is a character trait. What makes you you? It's all the characters that are built up, you know, and how they've evolved. And so this all leads back to finding out who you are. This is, this is all about finding out. It's about finding out how you're rebuilding your self-worth. Okay. Finding out. One, once you understand what makes you you, where it came from, you know, it's reliable source, then you, you're starting to have a much deeper understanding of you. When I say you, right, I, 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 <clears throat> I break back the, the layers. So I take away your um, biological family. I park it. Let's just park that. We're not we're not including biological family. I take away your chosen family. We're parking that. Friends, brothers and sisters, relatives, right? Religion, sporting good. And then I go, what who are you? So we answer that question. There's a process we go through, and this is just one of them. Right? But we answer that question. Because you need to trust you. So we've got what makes you. You we need to figure out who you are. Um, so we figured out who you are. And now we've got the next thing that we need to do. So we need to, f- we need to test that out. We need to find out if you know who you are. And is that when you set well, tasks? Well, no, no, no. The RISE program will identify all of that sort of stuff. Um, we're now, like this, this setting tasks, you need to do it repetitively. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you want to learn how to shoot basketball hoops from the free throw line, right? And you, you, you're going to bet, you know, $1,000 on the shot. Well, you want to know you've done it a few times first and it's reliable. So what we're doing here is in our own life, it's it's we've been congruent to our word. We're recognizing that like we start with the simple stuff. You start with the low-hanging fruit. Um, so depending on, on, on who, who, who the person is I'm talking to and what their background is, um, you know, it, it might be the simple thing of setting an alarm clock for half an hour early and then doing a morning routine. But do it. You've said you're going to do it and you do it. You know, it's about setting expectations and boundaries around, you know, those in your life and situations in your life. And then with assertiveness, managing that situation. Do habits come into that? Habits definitely come into it. Um, Habits, for me, are slightly different. But yes, it's more, it becomes more intuitive and more instinctual. Once you've done the task. Instinctual or extinctive. Have, oh, I, have I worded it wrong? I don't know. <laughs> High probability. <laughs> so I feel like when they're doing the task, like if you, so I feel like when someone's testing themselves with tasks and learning maybe a new type of behavior, for, for lack of a better term, like what would you describe? Like yeah, absolutely. Practicing- it's one of those things where you're becoming congruent to your word. So, um, you know, I often use the example, depending on the person, but it's like you push them out of your comfort zone and go, what time do you get up? Oh, I get up at 7.30. Great. No worries. Set your alarm, you know, for 6.45 and never hit snooze. Set it for 6.45 and get your ass out of bed. That's your first win of the day. So is this like an example of a task that you would give someone after that? Absolutely. Depending on the person. Like some people go, listen, I'm up at five o'clock every day. I do that anyway. Right. Some people say, oh, I don't sleep. So getting up is a piece of piss. Right. And, and that's, there's no problem. We find something that's, that's depending on, on, on how, um, what their needs are and so forth. But typically something simple 
um, is enough to get the ball rolling. So it can be get out of bed, right? And we're going to do some, you know, we're going to do a morning routine. So you get out of bed, um, and and I say, go have a shower, right? Um, only because that's my routine, you know. So I never hit the snooze button ever, right? And and, and I've done that for years because it's it's I have. I, I'm saying I'm getting up at this time and I do it. I don't negotiate with myself. Once you don't negotiate with yourself, you start trusting yourself. I like that. Um, the thing that I'd like to do is like, give me an example of someone who's gone through the RISE program. Yep. Um, maybe describe this person if you can. Sure. And then give me some examples of tasks that you've given them that have let them test out who they are and how they trust themselves. Okay. Well, let's look at a situation where we're talking from someone that has been through um, every level level of trauma, you Can know, where they've been abused as a child um, or been in abusive sort of parenting relationship. The parents have separated. They've been physically abused and mentally abused as a child. They've moved, you know, up through life and, and out of home early, been pregnant early, being anorexic, uh, being suicidal. Um, going through depression and anxiety, um, mo- transitioning out, getting into a narcissistic relationship, having that breakdown, then having the kids go through a similar process. So then going through the RISE program uh, and then recognising, um, you know, some of the tasks we were doing were, yeah, okay, um, yeah, you know, I've, I've let my, my body slip. And, and when you're dealing with someone that suffered from anorexia in the past, you've got to be particularly careful about, about how you feel the rig. Right, and that's my terminology. How you fuel the rig, right? Because it's not a diet. All right, we're fueling for the purpose. Oh, you said fuel. Fuel, fuel, f u e l, fuel. I heard filling. No, fuel, fuel the rig. Fuel the rig. Putting- the rig. The body's the rig. Right. Right. Okay. Um, and, and you know what? This this came from talking with my children. All right, because I didn't want my kids. Like I am constantly, and because I'm in the fight world, I'm always looking at losing weight for a fight. Right, uh, and not that not that I'm fighting that often, but it, it, that's the world we live in and that's what we talk and those sorts of things. Um, and I didn't want them thinking don't eat equals healthy. So we talked about what are we doing, how we got to fuel the rig for the outcome we're trying to achieve. So that it's just stuck. So we, we, you know, I did some personal, some exercise routines and, 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 and she ended up getting a personal trainer and kicking ass through a personal trainer, which is perfect. Um, then it's about setting expectations based on relationships of key people in her life. So this is some of the trust exercises. It's like, okay, we're going to set an expectation from a narcissistic person in your life and we go through a process of doing that. And there's a whole routine we go through to understand how to set an expectation. So if I was to say to most people, how do you set an expectation for, a, for another person? Most people don't have an answer to that. I've gone, what is the process that you go through to set an expectation, to understand, to set an appropriate expectation? Don't assume that your parents, you know, or your mother gave birth to you and now your mum is an experienced mum and your dad is an experienced dad and that they are fucking awesome. Like, that's a really, really naive expectation, (laughs) right? But it's an expectation 99.9% of us have on our parents is that they're damn awesome. And then we're hurt and disappointed when they fail us, right? But when we understand how to set an expectation, we can we can then manage that accordingly. So when we look at a narcissist, you go, a narcissist is going to behave this particular way. We know it. So if we set an expectation, then we know what they're going to deliver. Therefore, we can set the right allow, allow, the expectation right, the boundaries right, 
because we know what we've got. We can even predetermine our um, our um, responses as opposed to being shocked by it, disappointed and hurt. Like a narc is going to suck the life out of you. Plain and simple. So the expectation needs to be that they are manipulating you. When they say good morning, understand that that is a manipulation. When they say you're worthless, understand that that is no different to them saying good morning. It's all part of their manipulation. Right. So you're teaching them how to. Right. So you're setting expectations. So now where the the thing is, it's like, okay, we're now going to look at a particular situation that's coming up and we're going to set you a task of how to do it. Then it's about doing it. So when they get to that point, you're going to do X. So that happens. You do X. So we had a situation where um, the narcissistic mother, um, we knew through experience based on an event that happened that she was going to blow up the following day. Right? So we knew it. So we set the expectation that she was going to blow up the next day. And what is she going to do? Well, she's going to We set the expectation where, where she's probably going to sulk for a while. Then when it gets to this particular point, she can have, she's going to start um, attacking silently. And then there's going to be a call to action come in where I'm now going to download on you. And I'm going to make you feel worthless. I'm going to make you feel shit. I'm going to make you feel like it was all your fault. And I'm going to expect an apology. So we set the expectation. When it happened, we had already set responses, but we set boundaries. So the boundary was because because there was a love for the person, right? And it was a family member that we were going to say, okay, I want you to feel heard. And we listened. Now, when I say we, I didn't, right? Um, I just feel that that it was a we. <laughs> okay. Um, but but she listened. And, and then it was quite simple. It's like, I, I want you to know that I've heard you. I respect what you have to say. I just have a different view on it. Now, naturally, a narcissist is not going to handle that very well at all. And we had our second lot of responses. And the second lot of responses were like, I'm going to have to pull you up there. You know, I've heard what you've had to say, and I'm not prepared to argue with you on it. I respect your viewpoint. I love you, but I'm going to get back to work now. Cool. So there's- Did those things, came back, report to me. Right. So I see two types of task setting, one very small achievable things that change either your physical or mental state. And then the more structured ones where you use expectations and then you set in a certain key actions. Absolutely. Right. And then we just do it depending on the circumstances. Right. Some people are having trouble with their kids. And it's like, okay, let's not address the narcissist right now. Yeah. Let's not attract the person that assaults you right now. Let's not address the hard ones. Let's get some low hanging fruit. Right. So, so we may not. We'll start in different points depending on the person and where they've travelled and what their journey is. For people listening, yes. can you describe a way that they can do that for themselves? They can set small tasks so that they can try that themselves to test themselves to see if they trust themselves. Absolutely. Look at something that that is manageable and that, that you feel that you can address without too much issue. For argument's sake, you know, if you've become a little bit. Um, you know, time poor, a little bit lazy, and you've dropped your exercise, set yourself your alarm. Don't hit your alarm. Get up. Do a morning routine. And and it can be a 10-minute morning routine. It doesn't have to be something elaborate. So that there's something very tiny that you can achieve. You know, it could be, um, you know, your kids, you have to ask them three times to do something, and then they ignore you anyway. So it could be a little task where you're going, I can have this battle, and I can actually, with... You use my assertive character, 
right? I'm going to manage this with assertiveness and I'm going to make sure that this happens. And we'll give some structured examples with them. So it can be at the lowest, lowest level. And, and I know I keep coming back to get out of bed, but a lot of the people I'm talking to have periods of time where they can't get out of bed. Right. So when I say I'm actually going to get you up half an hour earlier, these people are struggling to get out of bed full stop. Mm. And then we're going to do a routine of gratitude. What's what's something smaller? What's something that people can do that they try that's smaller than that that you've tried? Then getting out of bed. Mm, another example. Another example is to, okay, while in bed, do a breathing exercise and a five-minute practice of gratitude. Um, cleaning the house. All right. It could be something at work. Um, you, you might be having trouble with that one person at work. And what we're going to do is, is nothing more than than having the ability to hear what they're going to say, ignore it, do a practice of gratitude so we don't get drawn down by the behavior as opposed to getting sucked into the emotion and then feeling hurt and angry. All right. So, I like that DIY stuff, self-task setting. Um, there's there's just so many variables. When, when you hit me on the spot of the million different variables, it could be anything. Yeah. You know, it could literally be anything. Clean your car. So, things could that- could be appropriate to the right person. <laughs> so, what I'm hearing is a trend is that things that you kind of put off in your mind, things that you maybe load that you think will take too long- if you just dig into those a little bit, just yeah, take one it, task from that. What it's about is being congruent to your word. So if you've said you're going to go shopping today, go shopping today. You know, if you said that you're going to go and have a coffee with a friend. Now, that may sound like something very simple. Go have a coffee with a friend. Yet to someone living in a narcissistic relationship, that can be that can be World War Three. No, if you've set yourself a task of going to have a coffee with a friend, go have that coffee with a friend. It could be, I'm going to phone my mum. Oh, no, you're bloody not. If you've said you're going to do it, do that task. Mm. So, if if after an arc, um, depending on how soon after an arc, it could be that you're going to actually start some of the things that were taken away from you. It could be, okay, let's send a message to one of the friends that you've no longer seen because of this situation. Right. Make that phone call. So then if we look into the third thing, increase your self-respect, which increases self-worth, which then increases self-love. Yep. That's not so much a thing as a consequence. Right. Interesting choice of consequence. Yep. Um, Well, effectively, what I'm trying to say is it's front-loaded. And this is what people, um, you know, when when you set out a task to regain self-love, to someone that despises themselves, that has lost all respect in, in themselves, that has lost all self-worth, self-identity. They go, I don't even know who I am any, anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm a shadow of my former self. To say you're going to love yourself again and like thrive in your own presence is something where they're listening to you going, are you not listening to me? <laughs> you don't, like, that ain't happening. Right. So it, and, and the, what we do is, is it's a front heavy loaded program. It's reflection, introspection, severance and evolution. That's how you build self worth. You need to reflect on the significant events of your life. You need to seek fresh perspectives from them to bring the lessons forward. You need to then look at the introspection, look at the relationships you have within your life, see if they're serving you or if they're not serving you. Understand who you are as a person. Look at the expectations you have for all the different um, people in your life and set new boundaries if, if required. You then have to detach from the past and then you have to understand your new purpose and set goals to drive forward. 
Right. Because once you've gone through the RISE program and you've re-found yourself, because RISE also takes you into the future. And once you've started doing these things to setting these tasks and start to trust yourself again, when you trust yourself and you know who you are, respect comes back. Once you've trusted yourself and your self-respect comes back because you're now doing it time and time again and you're becoming, you're going, I'm actually becoming reliable. So I'm trust and I'm reliable. Your confidence builds. When your confidence builds when you've done all this stuff, your worth builds. All of a sudden you're going, you know what? I am worth it. I am this amazing person. And you can start loving again. Cool. Now, this regains your self-worth. Right, okay. All right, but what we're saying is we have to regain our self-worth, you know, but then we've got to become reliant upon it. So we've got to now test it, verify it, and become reliant upon it. Yeah, right, okay. So what I'm seeing there is that you've just described you need to build your self-worth. Once you've done that, you need to set tasks to test what that self-worth is because you've now learned to understand what that self-worth is. To verify it. And then what the result is, is increased self-respect, increased self-worth, and self-love. Now, to me, the reverse of that is you're, pushing people to understand why they exist, why they do the things they do. Then you show them through the task setting how they do it. Yes. And then you do into what what they do. Does that make sense? Yes, I know what you're saying. Okay. You're going some cynic on me. Yeah, going the other way. I just, I don't know why I identified that. The logic of how we built it. Right, okay. Yeah. Simon Sinek's a Matt. What he's saying is right. Um, Simon, Sinek ma- Simon Sinek made it famous. Okay. Came from the army. Okay. They just use different words. Right. And you know how he always talks about the armed forces and he works, does consulting in the army, and that's where it fucking come from. Okay. He didn't invent shit. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's a nice end to the episode. Yeah. yeah. So, if you're listening, Simon, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love the guy, by the way. And, and you know what's funny? We're actually working with his 2IC. So, he's one of my- one of, one of, That's disrespectful. This, this guy is actually an SAS soldier. Okay. Um, or was an SAS soldier and so forth. He even trained. He was one of the top trainers um, for SAS training. Right. Um, and that's one of his business partners. And we've actually had a meeting with him and start talking about what we're doing. And he's just like, wow. Oh, awesome. Um, on that note, if you do want to find out what Jamie's up to, you can head over to his socials, TikTok and Instagram. They have the same handle, jamierider04. If you don't want to do that, you can, uh, I can see Jamie's thinking of something to say <laughs> at that point. Uh, if you don't want to do that, you can. I'm still recovering from the fact that you, you wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> All right. That was not what I was expecting. If you don't want to do that, head over to his website, jamierider.com. I was actually waiting for you to say, um, or his YouTube, oh, Jamie Ryder. Right. Now that you've said it, I'm not going to say that, so we can just ignore what you just said there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. And how, like, okay, and what if people want to get hold of the great man? Oh, God. (laughs) Um, If they want to talk to me, don't refer to me as the great man. Um, You can find me on YouTube at uh, T is for tiny. And why why T is for tiny? Uh, Because I just enjoy the small things in life and I'm building a small house, basically. So I'm just capturing all the stories of the small things and the container boat. <laughs> but yeah, so Jamie often features. If you want to see another side of Jamie, uh, I do try and capture it as much as I can. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate everyone taking the time to prop their ears up and taking this audio. And I've got one last thing I'd like to say. What is that, Jamie? Stay strong.